welcome to the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast with Matthew Sardo. Take your sticky paws off me, you damn dirty ass. <laughs> Holy sh! They're actually monkeys fighting robots! You can follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots and on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. Make sure to download and review our podcast from iTunes and Stitcher. And now, here's your host, Matt. Welcome to the 123rd episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots. Today's show is all about the ladies. Since we are one week away from Wonder Woman, EJ and I are talking about female action heroes. I'm your host, Matthew Sardo. I'm also the co-founder of MonkeysFightingRobots.com. Joining me in the banter is my co-host, movie critic, EJ Marino. I'm so excited for this episode. I love talking about female-led movies. Wonder Woman is just around the corner. I'm, I'm so excited. So if you guys happen to enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Um, you guys can find us on Blog Talk Radio. That is our home. Give us some comments. Give us some feedbacks. I think we're on iTunes still, Stitcher. We're on all the apps. Find us. We're one week away from Wonder Woman. I'm pretty excited about this. It has everything that I need in a film. It has... A superhero as Chris Pine. We're fighting Nazis. I mean, like, so we got it's an adventure. I'm so excited for this. Other than me just being a big fan of this DC universe that's been established, this is Wonder Woman. Like, it could have been with any universe, any brand, any director. This is a Wonder Woman movie. How can you just not be like excited? It's just there's something in the air about her film. What we did is I put messages out on social media on like Facebook and Twitter and a few different groups on Facebook, like the Action Movies group and our film club group. And I asked people, what is their favorite female-led action movie? And the conversation was really intense about all these different things. It was Aliens and Terminator 2. Those were the, everybody was super excited about that. But then things kind of stepped away a little bit more. And and it's a bigger conversation than just, female-led action film because what does that really mean it, it is very it you break that down what does it mean to be an action film what does it mean to be female-led now can there be a male character you know it, it's a crazy big topic and i like that we're diving into it because there is so much to break down from the the females who star in this films like can female-led movies do really well financially and what are some of the best ones i i think this is a really cool topic to talk about and so let's kind of just talk about the genre first before we start, like, rattling off, I don't know, our, our best and worst or whatever. I really don't think there's enough to for there to be, like, a worst section. I mean, I think Sucker Punch probably could just be the worst. And Sucker Punch is the top of one of my favorites. It's not just because I'm a Snyder fan. That movie is such an awesome, badass female story. Love that film. But, yeah, let's let's talk about the genre before I have to once again defend another damn Zack Snyder movie from you. I, I see it at the top of your list, and I, was just, I, just had to, I just had to poke, had to poke the E.J. Bear. Jamie Lee Curtis. She's, like, the founder of the survivalist horror genre action film kind of thing with all the Halloween films. And you have, you mentioned uh, some people from Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, some other horror films. 
Well, there's tons of them. There's Nev Campbell. There's Helen, Heather Landenkamp from Nightmare on Elm Street. Also, the uh, the Friday the Thirteenth franchise had like had a new girl each movie, and I, I think it's really interesting that like are they the kind of the pioneers for the the Sigourney Weaver in Alien? Like, I'm pretty sure the the timing of both those movies are very similar, but it's very interesting of where where does it start at, and how early do we get badass females in movies? And it's where what I'm trying to figure out because like then you have like a film like The Fifth Element, and is that a female led action drama or is Bruce Willis the lead? I, I think that's I think one in that case especially I think Bruce Willis was intended to be the lead, but I don't think anyone expected that to be the movie that launched Mila Jovovich into. Honestly, I think she would be on both of our list of badass females because she her she's made her career in action and action alone. So yeah, it's interesting, and I think I think what this has to have is just a girl who's kicking ass and some good elements because action is so big itself. Like I prefer martial arts action movies before I prefer more gun based weapon action movies, and that's you know that goes into the you know how big is action films, and that's where it gets crazy because like. With a Resident Evil type film, she's taking on giant monsters and she's punching them or shooting them, but she's in hand-to-hand form combat with this stuff. And then with the martial arts, I, I don't I don't have a lot of people that come to mind as female-led martial arts films. I know they're out there. I know there's some. I remember China O'Brien growing up and she was badass, but like she was in the the B and C video store category of martial arts. But then uh, I'm trying to think of the film, Marco Polo, the TV show on Netflix. There's some Michelle. Yo, there's some badass female show. Yo, who's she, she, you know, she's in that show. She was just in guardians of the galaxy as a quick little cameo. And she's an awesome like chick within the industry. And, but yeah, there, there's a couple hand to hand Maggie Q who was in um, one of the mission impossibles. The one with Timothy Oliphant can't, Three, uh, and she was in Nikita. That was on the CW. She's a she's a really good hand to hand artist, and I think there's a couple. Michelle Rodriguez. I think she's shown that with her first film, Girl Fight, and you know she's kind of dipped in and out, but she's, she's got she's, a slow right hook. She's gonna get taken. I mean, like it's, it's well, you saw that when she fought Ronda Rousey in that one Fast and Furious movie, and I was just like, why did we do this, to Michelle Rodriguez? Like we made her look so bad next to Ronda, which you know that's a topic I would like to talk about is girls like Gina Carano and Ronda Rousey, which I wanted to be great because if Gina Carano was good in Expendables, she would have been Wonder Woman. She is perfect, like visually for Wonder Woman. She just is such a bad actress, and that's that's a big thing you talked about is a lot of them are B actresses. And it's that combination of, like, Sigourney Weaver is an A-lister when it comes to acting. And then she did some badass shit in Aliens and in Alien and furthermore. God, even in Alien, like, Resurrection, when she throws, like, the basketball behind herself and they do that in a one live take and she does, like, a no-look, like, shot. Like, Sigourney Weaver is the definition of these females. And I don't want to lead the whole conversation just around her, but... She like more than Jamie Lee Curtis that we mentioned. She really is the like the definitive woman in our, like and I think action movie hearts. And then there's a few people. I f- I feel like there is a whole set of female actresses that had like one or two shots at action films, and then they just never did another one. And that's where my one of my favorite films, A Long Kiss Goodnight. 
comes up because you had Gina Davis in that, and that's that's the Born Identity way before the Born Identity came out. She did that Pirates movie, I think, afterwards, one of those big flops. Well, she also even did Them on Luis, which I was telling you, you know, does that constitute as an action film? There is there's definitely action elements. And yeah, Gina Davis is one that I really wish she would have done what now Scarlett Johansson and Charlize Theron's doing. And she she seems like she would have been badass in action movies. I haven't seen A Long Kiss Goodnight, but it is on my list now because I once I saw the picture of her like holding a baby and shooting a gun and I'm like, yep, that is the badass action movies I want to see my girls in. Cutthroat Island is what she did before. That was that big, huge flop with Matthew Modine and Gina Davis, and I saw it in the theaters. I'm not sure if I saw it in the theaters, and that could be why it it was a big flop. But it was it was this massive movie. I'm trying to think of anybody else big in there. No, there's nobody else big names in it, but... Female pirate and her companion race against their rivals to find a hidden island that contains a fabulous treasure. Fabulous treasure. That word fabulous. That was such a, a guy wrote that. That's a condescending guy line. But Gina Davis had two action, you know, she had a few more, few more than a few action movies, but she had two back to backers, but Long Kiss Tonight, Shane Black, written by Shane Black. It's a good film. You need to watch it, and I need to like you know your reaction after you watch it. Yeah, I'm so intrigued by that film. I, I keep saying it now, like when I was doing research for this list, and I'm like, yeah, that's spotted out. But I have a I have a girl like I like on this side of like a, a Gina Davis who really didn't dive into action as much, but Uma Thurman, her work in Kill Bill Volume One and Two, and I know a lot of it goes to Zoe Bell, who's someone I want to credit as well, the stunt woman who also ended up doing her own work. Um, but Uma Thurman did great in Kill Bill, and I really – I think she is – she was almost there with a Sigourney Weaver and a Linda Hamilton. If if she would have kept up, like, her work in action is fantastic. And she was in Batman and Robin. She's Poison Ivy. My favorite part of that movie is, like, as a little gay boy, seeing Poison Ivy, that was my first drag queen, I think. Like, before Divine or RuPaul – Poison Ivy in that movie is such a drag queen and God that yeah but like I think of those Batman movies as well really did push females really nicely you know even going back to Catwoman in Batman Returns she was so awesome in that film and yeah but uh, Michelle Pfeiffer another kind of one-off action chick that she would have done really well and she did a few other she was in where did it go on me where is she oh the Avengers like the British film the British TV series The Avengers so she was she did some badass stuff and she was made Aunt Marion in a Robin Hood film I mean like the 90s were good to Uma Thurman and because even Pulp Fiction like does is that like she's not in the action scenes of Pulp Fiction but she's a main character and that is an action movie in Gattaca that sci-fi amazingness so good so good Trying to think of what else. Oh, and she was my super ex-girlfriend, where she plays another superhero, but she's the crazy ex-girlfriend. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Like mid, like what is that? Two thousand seven, probably. That seems like a two thousand seven movie. Oh six, my friend. Oh, Damn. Oh, six. oh, see, see. I just have a pat on the back for like my shitty mid two thousand years. But yeah, I love Uma Thurman, and I, I, she's someone like I, I mentioned before, like a Scarlett Johansson or Charlize Theron that have kind of started making action films their niche. Uh, and then, like, Kate Beckinsale, she kind of just stuck with the Underworld franchise. 
or was she stuck with the Underworld franchise? Is that the Kate Beckinsale problem? Because she, I think she may have popped into another action film, like maybe like a quick role. But I like her as well. She's like another Mila Jovovich. But once again, Mila is competition for those girls for a while, and I love her work. And she's kind of one of my number one favorites girls, and like in the in the action world. Okay, Kate Beckinsale has definitely had enough. I, that's the thing is like. What makes you an action star? How many films is it? Or is it one awesome film? One awesome film can do it, but I would say at least two or three. Like, Angelina Jolie is is that limit of, like, she did enough action movies to be considered a female action star. Because Kate Beckinsale, she did did Underworld. She did all the Underworlds. She did Pearl Harbor. She was like Nurse Betty, basically, and that that doesn't count. Okay, it was Nurse Lieutenant Evelyn Johnson. I'm not giving Michael Bay credit for writing females well, so no, <laughs> like that one's that one's null and void. She did. She took Sharon Stone's role in Total Recall. That that was the one. I, I that was the one I was trying to remember, other than Underworld, where I was like, what? she was like a main like kind of ass kicker in that. And there was the film Whiteout. Where she's a U.S. marshal and she tracks a killer in the Antarctica. I've never heard of that film, but wow, the Whiteout in Antarctica, clever. That was that's a straight to Redbox movie there. I think it, I think it's based on a comic book. I want to say it's based on a comic book. And anything else, Kate Beckinsale coming up? I don't know. Oh, but then we bring up Sharon Stone. Like she had the Total Recall role. I'm trying to think. Well, her turn in Catwoman was fantastic. Sharon Stone. Yes, wasn't she the villain in Catwoman? Oh, I was, like, I I was trying said, to make a joke about me she, liking Catwoman. I that. thought she was in Catwoman. I thought she was Catwoman, and I was like, No, she is whatever villain was in Catwoman. I the made up villain in that film. Like, no, because okay, so she did because Sharon Stone did Total Recall. She did The Quick and the Dead, Chick okay. Western, uh, Casino, which somebody you know you got to do a lot of coke. I guess does that make you an action hero to do a lot of coke? Michelle Pfeiffer did a lot of coke in uh, Scarface, and that was an action movie. Well, that's where I wanted to go to next. Is like, <laughs> wait, there's a Basic Instinct too. There is. It's not good. Don't watch it. But Basic Instinct one is a flawless film. Catwoman, Laurel Heder, that's what or he- Heder. I don't, know. I don't know what her last name was. I thought I'm trying to figure out like what if it had any meaning. Her last name. Nope. She was the Catwoman in that movie was named Constance Jones or something like that was that abomination. But it's so fun to laugh at that one. Constance Jones. Like she wasn't even Selena Kyle in that movie. Like that's that's why that failed. Other than Halle Berry. She played herself in the last action hero. Sharon Stone did. I I did not know that actually. Wow. (laughs) Last action hero. That's got to be an underrated Oh, she was she starred she had an episode in TJ Hooker. I don't know if that's what I want to like name as her big action turn really. Come on. Nah, TJ Hooker isn't that, isn't that Farrah Fawcett's project? She was in Remington Steel. If I <laughs> that's my Mike, if I get a dog, that's my name. I'm naming my dog. Is I want a pug and I want to name him Remington Steel. Hi, <laughs> right, so I feel like we're drifting to the outliners of female action heroes when we when we get into like a michelle pfeiffer but michelle pfeiffer she influenced this genre a lot though didn't she 
Like I, I really think Michelle Pfeiffer. If there was no Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, there would be no Black Widow right now. I think Michelle Pfeiffer kicked open the door. Like I love what Linda Carter did in Wonder Woman, but something about Michelle Pfeiffer in superhero films, she really opened the whole door in a different direction. Like we will always have like a cool, like a Ripley, but female superheroes. It's Michelle Pfeiffer is the first one I think of. I remember going to see Batman Returns, and then. I was already attracted to Michelle Pfeiffer. And then after Batman Returns, I totally knew what Michael Keaton was going through when he took his mask off to talk to Michelle Pfeiffer. And Michelle Pfeiffer in that movie is one of my favorite cases where they try to make her look ugly in the beginning, but I'm like, I she's still hot. Like, I don't try. This is not this is you don't do that to Michelle Pfeiffer. And but no, I, I definitely think like I keep mentioning her, but I love Scarlett Johansson's work in action films, and I'm surprised she didn't get stuck in romantic comedies. Because that's where I was just like, oh, that's that's her going to be her niche. And no, after Black Widow, and I love Lucy. I think Lucy's an amazing film. But I, I think she could have, she really is kind of on that forefront. If one more action film, she, Scarlett Johansson could have been there. I'm not going to count Ghost of the Shell. That will just be a sore spot on her resume. Uh, and see, I, I'm, I think I'm going to be a defender of Ghost in the Shell. I think that's a movie I'm going to defend later on. You know, because I saw it and I was like, it's everything it's had everything I wanted an anime film to do, and then if you looked at the evil corporation stuffing a dead Asian girl into a white person's body, I don't know if they meant to do it on purpose, but I'm like, okay, this makes sense to me. Evil, evil U.S. corporation stuffing an Asian woman's brain into what they think the world should look, females should look like. That made sense to me. It is, it is a powerful theme. Um, it was just explored with Get Out earlier this year, and I think kind of Get Out was the more fun version of that. And Ghost of the Show, it, it's just going to be one of those things where, like, it's an Aeon Flux or, like, it, it's a cool movie. I just don't think it's going to – I don't think it's going to be as important as it should have been. I think the movie should have been better. It's not horrible. Like, it just – it could have been better. I think that's the, that's the disappointment. But honestly, if we go through most of these female action movies, that's a constant theme of, like – Disappointment? Well, it, it, yeah, I think like especially comparing them to some of the the money wise that the, the male counterparts are making or some of the creativity that some of these female led movies get. I don't think you know Tarantino basically kept female led action movies alive with Kill Bill and even Death Proof, Jackie Brown in the '90s. You know, reviving Pam Grier's career after her female action movies in the '70s. Like, I, I, it's cool, but we don't really get those a lot. And there's sometimes. These female-led movies are just kind of a good excuse for TNA, and it's not just Zack Snyder doing that. And then you got to give James Cameron credit because the two films battling for the top spot, Aliens and T2, are his work. Absolutely. Like, I... I don't often give James Cameron credit. Um, maybe he's just one of those Michael Bay kind of people that I refuse to, like, appreciate. But what he did for female-led films, even... What he did in Titanic with making Rose the main character and what he did on a love, you know, romance, drama aspect. James Cameron knows females surprisingly better than – he reminds me a lot of Josh Whedon where like I look at you and I'm like, you're not going to write females well. And, you know, James Cameron does. And like you said, he he has the two top spots. No one's like taking him. And this sounds a lot like the box office as well. Oh, There were surprise movies like Mad Max Fury Road which had Charlize Theron, which you just mentioned with Eon Flux. Like, she is, and then she has a movie coming out later on this year that looks amazing. 
Atomic Blonde is it, it looks like a female John Wick and not to compare something to the you know but that's the first thing I was like this looks like what we got with the first John Wick but with Charlize like she's kind of found herself even when she wasn't being action and fighting in Furious 7 I liked her role in that and I think she can play a good kind of henchwoman like boss lady and I like that I think she has layers to what she can do in action and she's one that I want to see more of especially after Fury Road which is a fantastic piece. And then where do, like, animation films sit in this whole conversation? You, you know, we, we just were talking about Ghost in the Shell, and that's one of the most amazing female-led animated films, one of the most fem- awesome female-led films in general. And then you have Akira, and then you have, you know, some even the Disney movies, like I think Mulan and Brave are awesome action films. Like, yes, they're animated. Or look at Fiona and Shrek, the first film. Like, she kicked ass in that movie. And so, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a place for females in action films in animation as well. Well, the animation genre has been evolving at a rapid pace. I think it's evolving way quicker than the live action counterpart. I agree with you with that. And it's interesting that animation is pushing the boundaries. Like I said, even as early as Shrek and I appreciate that. And I think, I think animation is where it's at. If we want some strong females, even I don't love her, but Elsa, Elsa kicked ass and took over the Disney marketing for looks like forever now. I know. I'm really upset. I, I had, I, you know, I had Belle and I had the Little Mermaid. Those were those are my two mainstays. And then that Frozen bullshit takes over everything. It's everywhere, man. You know, and what sucks is because I think, like I mentioned before, Mulan, she saved China. Like, she's the legit action hero of the Disney franchise. I don't think a male has done on the level of what Mulan did in that franchise, like, in any of the Disney movies. And then you go down to, like I said, Brave with Merida. She's the coolest archer even next to Hawkeye in the Disney franchise. Like I love seeing that. And then even with Moana, not, not too actiony, but she kicked ass and I liked it. And I think, I think Disney is always on the forefront usually with movies and looks like they're they're I like their new Disney princess that they're kind of, they're kind of cooler and you, you want to be them as opposed to, I didn't like the era before you where you were just mentioning. I didn't like before Belle and Ariel. It wasn't that great. <laughs> It's interesting because I, I, uh, Alice and I, we are kind of going through and we're buying different Disney movies and animated movies. And we just watched like Oliver Company, which got bashed by the critics, but I loved it as a kid. It is a fantastic film even now. And so we watched that. And then Margot, she bought The Frozen and we watched that. And you can definitely see a transition with the films, like how film. Animation has definitely come a long way, but then you have like well, the Little Mermaid. I'm sorry, you have the Little Mermaids, the Little the Little Mermaids. There's only one Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. No, there's two of them. <laughs> you have the Little Mermaid, and then you have like uh, Beauty and the Beast, which kind of like brought Disney back to the big budget animated films. But then you have Frozen, which kind of changes that dynamic. And then most recently, I saw Moana, and just from Oliver Company to Moana. Or even from Frozen to Moana, the animation has evolved amazingly. Well, and there's a film in between with an awesome female in between, and I like. I think it's Judy Hopps from Zootopia. Like she was kind of the coolest ass kicker. I mean, she may not be a princess, but I'm gonna pick Judy Hopps to do something before I pick Moana. Like cool Moana can possess water, like Mira from DC. But Judy Hopps is figuring out cases. Like I like her. I like her. 
I really like Zootopia. Zootopia was, I keep telling people, it was a true detective season two that we deserved. It is. It had the drama. It had the humor. It th- That was, it's so funny, the same year, like, that was the better film. And, hey, I would I would rather watch Zootopia than whatever season two of True Detective was. God, how did they mess that up so bad? And then, oh, you mentioned animation, but, like, I loved Avatar The Last Airbender. And there's some pretty strong female leads. Zoe Saldana, you know, she is the, you know, she's the main character of that film. And even, you know, going back, we just mentioned her before, Michelle Rodriguez is a main character in that film as well. And I, so, so Donna is another actress. She was in Columbia as well. I think, you know, she was in the, she's in the Star Trek films as you She's a cool chick in the, in the aspect of these films. And she's kind of what do you know, doing what Scarlett Johansson is doing right now. I like where you're going, but I was talking about the animated TV show on Nickelodeon when it was trying to go that route. Uh, well, see, and I don't. I, I think you would go more than if you want to do that. What was the Legend of Korra? That was the really cool badass chick. That was okay. Okay, wait, focus, focus here. Avatar: The Last Airbender is the original, and then Korra is the sequel. And Toph, the Earthbender that was blind, is okay. one of the most badass female chicks that I've ever seen on a cartoon that is like made for kids in like a half an hour special. I will say, you know what? I, triggered. I'm to, triggered. I'm triggered. No, no, not to deny that. I just, you know, I, I looked at the other females in uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, and I don't love them, but I forgot Toph is legit the best bender in that entire franchise until Korra. Like, yeah, no, no, I definitely, I'm not triggered. I'm enjoy- I can't believe you know that. Like, I'm more triggered that you know this, and I'm, I'm so proud of you. A little tear to my eye. You know I'm a nerd, right? Yeah, but you know, we you do label yourself a Gen Xers. That that's a millennial TV show. I'm surprised you caught on to it. Oh, are you surprised they caught on to it? I'm I'm just I just had to poke you there. See, see, yeah, I you know the Matt Gen there. Xers made Nickelodeon, right? I know. I got to reap all your awesome benefits of. I had to shit through shitty Doug, which I hate Doug, and then I got to have things like Avatar: The Last Airbender. So thank you, thank you, Gen Xers. Ah, uh, Doug was awesome, man. Pork chop the dog. Quail Man was cooler. Quail Man, if, if Quail, Quail Man, Man got a spinoff from Doug, I would have watched that. I feel like you need to be Quail Man for Halloween this year. I should be. Either that or Pooh Bear. I'm already shaped like him. That has nothing to do with female-led superheroes. Um, I Yeah, there is not a one awesome female in Winnie the Pooh. Is there even a woman in that franchise? No, sexist. The rabbit. Oh, yeah, but she's the mom. Oh, See? is she a rabbit? No, no, it's it's the kangaroo. Yeah, yeah, the rabbit is that. This is, is, the, is the crotchety old man. <laughs> that weird, like, antsy dude. Uh. <laughs> I didn't really realize that I was going to talk about Winnie, Pooh, Winnie the Pooh today. No, you you weren't expecting that. But once again, welcome to the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast, where Winnie the Pooh will come up somehow. Oh man, is there any? I feel like we're, Linda Hamilton. We didn't really talk about her that much. You know, you said enough about Linda Hamilton. I, I like her work. I think T2 is kind of the only thing. I really don't like her. I don't like uh, her character in the first Terminator. I think she's kind of almost damsel in distressy. Where T2, she's awesome. And, like, it's a great character evolution. But she, to me, she's she's kind of the one movie. Though Beauty and the Beast, the TV show, she was pretty awesome in that. Was she Belle? She was like, it, it wasn't. A Belle-ish? 
She was a bellish, and Ron Perlman was the beast. That was Ron Perlman? Yeah, that crazy cat man is Ron Perlman. Like That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, he's been he's been preparing for Hellboy since the beginning. I did not know that. Because I remember like my older cousin watching that show all the time on CBS, and I was like, what is this stupid ass shit modern day fairy tale bullcrap? My mother loved it. Like, if you look at my um review for Beauty and the Beast, the about last night, I have the case for that in the background. Like, yeah, I it's it's a part of my life, unfortunately. <laughs> Is there anybody we left out? I, I I think we talked about other ones. Like, I I wanted to talk about Zoe Bell, who was an awesome. She was the stunt woman for Uma Thurman in uh Kill Bill. She was also in Death Proof. She is. She's in that awesome scene, if you've ever seen Death Proof, where she's on the hood of the car, and in that one scene, she has to get from the hood inside the car as they're speeding. It's she, Her work as a stunt woman and as an actress, and she led her own film named Rays, which is like a female fight club. I love Zobel. She's one that I want to give some like some credit to because she's a powerful force in the female industry. She has, She is. And like just going through, she has 24 films where she was a – Stunt person. I mean, not not counting all the sixty six episodes of Xena Warrior Princess. Uh, so I mean, she's she's badass, like in the real form. Yeah, she's badass in the real form. And then you know, she actually plays herself in Death Proof, uh, the Tarantino Grindhouse film. So I think that's what's interesting is getting to see her play a stunt woman and be kind of cocky and show off a little bit. And that's what she gets to do in films. And I'm glad Tarantino gave her credit. It's it, He's one, you know, who appreciates females and he saw her work on Kill Bill and was like, you, you deserve this. Like you deserve this shout out. Who is she in Lost? It says Regina, but I don't know who Regina is. I think she had like a quick, maybe couple episode arc on Lost, but she's one of those actresses. Once you see her, you're like, oh yeah, I've seen her and stuff. No, I like, I know who she is, but I like Lost is, was so big and so epic and it looks like she had one episode and then she was the voice afterward oh, maybe something with dharma yeah damn fucking dharma fucking up shit she has one film called bitch slap that i feel like i'm gonna have to watch that sounds awesome like when they were kind of talking about a female expendables she was the one who i wanted to lead the franchise like i you know you know let's let's close that out with this let's do four women let's cast a female expendables who would you have Michelle Pfeiffer would have to be the Sylvester Stallone character. Okay. Claps to you. I was going with like a Angelina Jolie or Sigourney Weaver, but I like your Michelle Pfeiffer. Hi. <laughs> right, so you pick. You get number two. You get the number two pick. I would go for a um, like a Mila Jovovich. I think she's like right under – like she's kind of that seasoned pro, but she's not on that legendary status. I think – yeah, Mila. I'm putting Mila in the movie. Uh, I mean we'd ha- – I don't know if she'd do it yet, but I, I would I would love to see like Mila versus Scarlett Johansson, you know, as the you know, as because the, like they have uh what's this Jason Statham and Stallone yapping back and forth, but there's always like a battle between them. But like Mila and Scarlett Johansson, I'd like to see them battle it out. But with friend, Zobel on playing both of them. <laughs> on, on, yeah, like on on, on friend, uh, yeah, with but with but on a friends level battling it out. No, I, yeah, and I think you know there there's so many awesome women. If we, I and I can't, I think there's rumors of a female Expendables. There maybe was. that's why I'm a little excited about the Ocean's Eight film. Um, I think maybe that's going to be kind of a film that we, if we redo this subject in a year, two years, or whatever, we can add that. I hope into it because that could be it. 
Oh, you know who I'd want is as the wild card is the uh, is the crazy girl from Scream Queens. Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts. Yes. Did you ever see Scream 4? Scream 4. No. She plays the like the like the Nev Campbell cousin. And she does this turn as a villain in the film. And it's like the moment. Thanks for ruining the film. Oh, sorry (laughs) that you did not see this movie that came out in 2009. (laughs) I'm sorry for spoiling an eight-year-old film of a franchise no one cares about. But no, she's someone that, like, once you mentioned her, I forgot how bitchy. She was on um, American Horror Story a couple seasons. I like her a lot. Yeah, she would be my wild card, like, bitch kind of sassy person. But you find out she's, like, knife expert or something. Yeah, and she beat her lobster boy to death. I forgot she actually beat Evan Peters in real life. <laughs> like when I saw that case, I was like, "Oh shit, domestic violence! What did he do?" And I was just like, "I lied. What did Emma Roberts do?" Like Julia is very proud of her. Did Julia do any action? I feel like she did a lot of running, but I don't know if she did any action. She was running away as a bride. She was always a pretty woman, but did she do an action film? I don't think so. I don't. I don't remember Julia Roberts's turn as like Aaron Brockovich is maybe the most action as she got. Yeah, I'm trying to think if she. I think she's in the Ocean films, um, which would count. But oh, like, oh yeah, she didn't really play with the role that she could have as an action female. I'm trying. I know that she's. Pu- I've seen her punch people. <laughs> I'm trying to think of Julia Roberts punching somebody. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Like, I think in like Aaron Brockovich, she might have punched somebody. I think that's the whole point of the character. Step-mom. She does play strong females. Like, it, like Julia Roberts is a, it's awesome for playing strong women in films, but I don't think a strong action woman. Mary Riley. Uh, oh, she was Tinkerbell on Hook. Did Hook? Sleeping with the Enemy. Oh, Flatliners. No, nope, I don't think she punched anybody there. I love Sleeping with the Enemy, by the way. Like, that movie made me not want to date. I saw that really young, and I was just like, <laughs> nope. Like, once he, if someone like I'm dating turns the cans forward in the pantry, and I'm like, nope, bye. You're not beating me today. <laughs> that was your reference that you're like, shit, EJ, you know way more about Sleeping with the Enemy than you should. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't think that Julia Roberts. Has done any? She did one movie, Conspiracy Theory, with Mel Gibson. She did the Mexican. You know, which which is very odd for Julie Roberts. She is in the same era as a Michelle Pfeiffer and it's or a Sharon Stone, and she saw them go down that route. And I wonder if she if she didn't want to do it and did not see the financial gain. But a lot of women from her era, even like Sigourney Weaver moved to action and kind of became action names and she said no that's not for me i think she always like was going for oscar and she was always like i want my oscar and i felt that way about who uh emily blunt for a while and then she did edge of tomorrow and that's when i was just like oh emily blunt there's something here and then she was in girl on a train and i'm like i love you you're a drunk hot mess i want to see more of you and that's that could be a potential action star yeah, if if she because supposedly she's coming back for the sequel of Edge of Tomorrow. Don't know how. Um, spoiler alert for the end of that movie. It's going to be odd. But no, I I can't wait for like. So how many movies see- did you ruin already for me today? Oh come on, Matt! You need to start seeing more movies quicker. <laughs> I saw Edge of Tomorrow. I, I was going to one- say out of anyone, you would have loved Edge of Tomorrow. No, Edge of Tomorrow was pretty awesome. I'm trying to, we were talking about Julie Roberts, and then we brought Emily Blunt up. There was another person that was like 
flirting a little sparkle in my brain of action hero, and then I lost it. You know, what we can compare it to, because I want to see her in an action film, is more like I think Amy Adams is going to go the uh, Julia Roberts route, where she's always going to be around an action movie, but until Lois Lane punches somebody, I don't see her. Yeah, because like Arrival had no action, but was all like she's Oscar. in great films, but it's like, come on, like I'm trying to think any who's who's like the next. That's the thing is like I feel like people like <sighs> you know to tie it back, Gal Gadot. She was just in Keeping Up with the Joneses last year as like a spy. She's Wonder Woman. If she can kind of land another good action film and it be a good film, she could definitely be up there and. You know, she's one that is so striking and so beautiful, but has a presence of action that it's it's kind of I believe it. Like as thin as she is, and as like beautiful, and I'm like, you you look like you can kick ass though, and I like that about her. And I hope Gal Gadot or even like you said Emily Blunt, they could be the future. And then we had well, let's turn it back to Gail Gail Gadot or Gadot, waiting for Gadot. <laughs> she's it's one of those. I it's 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 Gadot. We'll we'll just say it. She's not going to yell at us. She's not listening. We could say Gail. Yeah, Gail. Oh, we're on the first. Just Gail. Just Gail. Uh, well, no, we have two Wonder Womans this year. We have we have Wonder Woman, then we have Justice League. So we're going to get a one-two punch of Wonder Woman. And this yeah, is going to be pretty intense. And her first round fight in Batman v Superman, you know, we got a great introduction of her. And I think that's when, you know, if anyone hates that film, I think everyone still is just like, she was kind of cool though, and I think she that's her introduction. I think, like you said, this year is her one-two punch of just being that action star. Yeah, I think you definitely have a point there. I forgot she is in two this year. Yeah, this, you're gonna get two one one. Like it's uh, this is gonna be pretty exciting, and and also we gotta give DC credit where credit is due. They're doing something that Marvel has yet to do. You know they've they've done it. You know as shitty as it was in the '80s, they did Supergirl. And they did Catwoman. Um, I think Marvel has done maybe Elektra, and but no, even the DC is they're quicker on it, and I, I appreciate that. But it's still crazy that it took seventy five years to get a Wonder Woman movie. Like that blows my mind. But as we talked about, not every female led movie has been so great or put people's faith into it. That I'm glad it's happening now, and I'm glad Patty Jenkins is directing. I, I'm I'm glad it happened the way it did because this this film looks amazing. I'm I'm hoping it looks amazing, I, but it is an interesting. This conversation is interesting because of like, you have all the '80s action heroes and the '90s guys, and then like you have the born identity action stuff going on there in the in the aughts, and then now you have the Fast and Furious franchise with all that chaos and the Expendables, which is the old guys, but you still don't have that like. It's it's you have like a little sprinkling here and there of a female action hero going through and and kicking ass, but I do think that there's more and more coming out now. I think I think Hollywood, as much as we give it shit for like lack of originality, Atomic Blonde is an original film that we need to give them credit for. Oh, absolutely, and like you said, you know, going through eighties, nineties, you know, early two thousands, and now. I think Tom Cruise is the only on the male side that's been consistent. And there hasn't been a female that has been as consistent. Maybe Sigourney Weaver, because I know she's in uh, Defenders. And, and I, you know, Avatar. I'm, she was in Avatar. Absolutely. So, you know, Sigourney Weaver is kind of the only one, like, with, like trying to keep it alive. So credit where credit's due. And like you said, credit to Atomic Blonde this year. And, yes, Wonder Woman is not an original property, but credit to Hollywood for finally getting that onto the screen. You know, even with Ghost in the Shell, they are trying – there's just something on the audience side that isn't connecting. And, 
I, you know, I'm not going to fault Hollywood for this one for once. It is kind of an audience issue that some of these movies aren't striking as they should. Well, dudes go to go see action movies. It, you know, it's crazy because Wonder Woman, uh, maybe a couple of days ago, was projected to make 60 to 75 million the first weekend. Not bad. It's on level with Ant-Man and I think the first Thor film. So it's not horrible, but that's low compared to what the DCEU was just debuting at with Batman v Superman and even Suicide Squad that had to deal with post-Batman v Superman still did really well. So why is Wonder Woman projected so low? That's where I'm like, there, there's an issue here and it, it still blows my mind. Dudes. Dudes, Ian, that's... But maybe Wonder Woman, I think, is is the perfect person to do it. It's like the most female-hating dude still wants to see Wonder Woman kick ass, even if it's just like she's hot and you can kind of see up her skirt for two seconds. Something about Wonder Woman gets everybody, and I think this she could break the curse. Oh, do you think they're pushing the Game of Thrones angle to bring in Game of Thrones fans? I, which, smartly, they should. That I saw one of the recent trailers, and I was just like, ooh, Themyscira is giving me some some King's Landing vibes. I like this. And I think it's a good comparison. And Game of Thrones is kicking ass with females in action. If we're going to talk about TV, Game of Thrones has it like they are on every level of a female in action. Game of Thrones is awesome. And I'm glad Wonder Woman and Patty Jenkins looked at it and was like, yeah, you guys are doing it right. So, yeah. Hi, EJ. Our next podcast, we are actually going to review Wonder Woman. I, I feel like I've waited for this. Not 75 years, but as long as I've been alive, I can't wait to talk about it. Living in a post-Wonder Woman world, I'm excited for. Hi, EJ. Have a great weekend. You too. Hey, Matt, we survived another episode. Oh, no! Once again, there are several ways to continue the conversation after the show. Follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots. You can look at all our silly photos on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Sardo. My co-host, EJ, is also on Twitter at EJ Christ with a K. The biggest compliment we receive is when the subscriber number goes up on Blog Talk Radio. If you have a chance, we would greatly appreciate a review of our show on iTunes. As always, the best way to listen to the show is on our website, monkeyspendingrobots.com. Okay, Lunchbox, let's try this again. There are so many people that made the two... Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, there is... Oh, oh fuck. That was, that's the best thing you've ever said on the podcast. <laughs> There are so many people that made the 123rd episode of Monkey's Fighting Robots a success. Special shout out to my co-host, EJ Marino. Special shout out to you. This was such a fun episode to talk about awesome women in Hollywood. Thank you, sir. Jeff Shade is creator of our amazing intros and outros. Jessica Wynn designed the Monkey's Fighting Robots logo. Are you a monkey or are you a robot? The staff of Visual Realm built our website and keeps us up and running. To all my friends, family, and interweb, thank you very much for your support. I'm Matt Sardo, and this is Monkey's Fighting Robots. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.